Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I am your host, Coach Damon Wilson, and on this podcast, it is my job to hunt down the best goalies in our sport, the best coaches, the best trainers, to find out what makes them so great at what they do. This week, we got a great guest. It is Syracuse starting goalie, Drake Porter. Drake will actually be the seventh Syracuse goalie we've had on this podcast. If you're wondering who are the others, I'm going to run down really quick. We got Robbie Mulligan, John Galloway, Dom Madonna, Matty Palum, Evan Malloy, Liz Hogan, and now Syracuse's starting goalie on the men's side, Drake Porter, also the second Canadian goalie. I've interviewed. I had Dylan Ward on the show a long time ago, and we actually talked quite a bit about Dylan's impact on Drake. Tons of great stuff in this episode with a great guy, great goalie. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Syracuse goalie Drake Porter. Before we get started with this episode with Drake, I want to let you guys know about the upcoming Virtual Lacrosse Goalie Summit 2. For those of us, for those of you who joined me back in July for the first goalie summit, you'll know how awesome this event is. Top goalie coaches, top trainers in our sport, tons of live webinars. Just you're gonna learn so much, and it's so much fun. I had a blast. I'm sure you guys did too. November 11th, 12th, and 13th. I am lining up all the speakers right now. We got tons of amazing speakers. You can check it out at GoalieSummit.com, www.GoalieSummit.com to get signed up and reserve your spot for the Virtual Lacrosse Goalie Summit 2. I hope to see you there. Enjoy this conversation with Drake Porter. Um, I'm here with Drake Porter, starting goalie, Syracuse. Orangeman Drake, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, love it. Thank you for being here. Um, I think actually Syracuse is now the number one represented school on this uh, on this podcast in terms of pure uh, in terms of, of numbers. So you, you got that you got that going for you. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I saw like Dom Malloy and then Mulligan yeah. as well. So definitely some representation there. That's right, Galloway. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, I would love to start the show by, you know, kind of how you got started in goal. Do you remember like your first game, like how it all started for you? Uh, yeah, actually, I was playing uh, field lacrosse. It was my first season. My middle school had a team. It was uh, St. Andrews, and I was the youngest kid in the team. I was actually in sixth grade, um, and our goalie went down. Uh, so they basically, because I was the youngest kid there, threw me in. Um, I had like, I really had no idea what I was doing, just basically trying to catch the ball. Um, I had a shot hit me uh, in the face. I had one hit me in the thigh and then a shot hit like the bottom end of my shaft. And that was all I got in the fourth quarter, but I had a shutout. Um, And they were like, all right, you're a new goalie from here on out. You're the new starter. Um, So after that, I just kind of had to figure it out. Didn't really have much of a choice. I learned to like it at first. I was like, what am I doing? Um, But yeah, that's, uh, that's how I got started. That's good. Now, did you grow up in like a, like a pretty popular lacrosse area or where, where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up, um, so I originally lived in Markham, Ontario, which is like a suburb of Toronto. And then I moved like a little bit further north, but there was always lacrosse. Like I grew up, I played box. Um, I was a player in box and I played from when I was like three to when I was like seven, quit for a while for baseball. Still don't really know why I did that. And then uh, picked it up again. 
um, in middle school, but there was like always a lot of box. Um, when I had gone, when I went to my new middle school, it was the first time I'd ever seen field. I didn't even know it existed um, mm. until I like saw it. Like I'd never seen a long pole. And literally the reason I wanted to get back in lacrosse was I saw the field lacrosse helmets and I'd never seen one before. I think it was like the CPX at the time. And I was like, oh, that looks sick. Like I want that. I want to be able to wear that. So that's why I started playing again. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it was always big, but field lacrosse was definitely not as big. Got it. Yeah. Uh, it's a similar story that I have too, about getting started. Like the first save I made just hit me square in the face mask and like, I didn't even move. And like the sideline just went nuts, you know, like, cause, cause I made that save that I'm just like, I, I could get used to this. Yeah, exactly. It's a good feeling. You know, you don't do anything and it hits you and then everyone thinks you're a hero. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right place, right time. Uh, cool. Well, when you, when you started getting going in the field game, would you say like, were you good right away or was it something that sort of came naturally or, or was it something you struggled with and kind of slowly progressed in, in your, in your journey? Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like I, you know, personally, I thought I was good right away because there just really weren't that many goalies, like field goalies with a ton of experience around, you know, my area in Toronto, especially in our league. So right away, I kind of stepped in and, and I'd always had decent hand-eye coordination. So I, right away, I thought like, oh, I'm really good. I'm the best in my league. Like I was team MVP a couple of years in a row. I thought I was the man. And then when I, it was when I started trying to get into the higher levels, you know, join the travel team, go down to play in the States, I realized, like, I'm actually not that good. <laughs> um, you know, these kids, they're more well-trained. They, they have all this technique that I just literally didn't know about. Um, so it was sort of then that I had to realize, like, okay, I can't just hop in net and catch the ball anymore. There's stuff I need to learn and uh, sort of soak up. And I had to kind of lose my ego that I, I created for myself in middle school. Uh, once mm. I got to high school there um, and started realizing how good, just how good some of the other goalies were um, and how not great I was. So yeah, that was sort of, it was, it was almost weird because that right away I almost thought I was, you know, God's gift. And then a couple of years later, I had to realize that that was not the case. Yeah. That's interesting because I want to talk about that a little bit because certainly like as a part of being a great goalie is having that confidence, and like you, maybe, maybe it was like a fake level of confidence, but you had it. Like you thought you were great, right? You had this level of confidence. And then you realize that, oh, you know, I'm not as good as these other guys. Did you see like a real significant drop off? Like once you started to, like once you had that realization and then you had to really build it back up or what was that? What was that like for you? Uh, yeah, I think there, there was definitely like a stage in my freshman year of high school, probably like early on, obviously when I got put on JV, I didn't make varsity. And, you know, I really, my confidence just kind of tanked. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I got cut from this sort of local team that I never thought I'd get cut from because all of a sudden there was, you know, a couple other older goalies. And that's, I started playing even worse just because I had no, no confidence at that time. Um, you know, it's sort of like, I, I think it's just like true in every sort of sport. You're almost better off. Like, at times just having dumb confidence, even yeah. like, even if you're not that good, um, right. just cause it can carry you through. And I think that as soon as I lost that, I had to work, you know, double hard because now not only am I realizing I'm not that good, I'm playing worse than I even was because I've realized I'm not that good <laughs> and I've lost a little bit of confidence. So yeah, for yeah. sure. Cool. Um, every goalie, you know, plays a little bit of a different style and I'm curious, like how you describe your style, especially being, you know, from Canada, I've, I've interviewed, um, I think only one other Canadian uh, field goalie, perhaps the best of all time, Dylan Ward, which was crazy. <laughs> but um, like, I'm curious, like, how do you describe like your style of play? 
Um, yeah, I think I would sort of put my style of play similar to, I would not say I'm similar to Dylan Ward because our bodies are very different. Um, I'd probably say I'm more similar to, to Galloway with like, I'd say I'm like a, probably a calmer, uh, Galloway who sort of plays more of like a flat arc. Um, I'm not saying that I'm as good as Galloway. I'm more just saying that that was always the guy I copied my style of play off of, like with YouTube videos and stuff. He was, he was Mm -hmm. the number one guy I wanted to sort of play like. And I think, you know, just the way I move to the ball, um, kind of like how I throw myself around, I would Mm -hmm. probably say most similar to him. So just, but probably just a lot, a lot more calm. And that only really came when I went to college in high school, I tried to be exactly like him, but I've sort of had Mm -hmm. to to pave my own path, um, in terms of just being super still since then. Yeah. One of, one of his signature moves is like pre-shot. Like he really gets those, those feet going, you know, like, do you, do you use that technique? I, yeah, no, not anymore. I used to, I used to big time, but uh, no, now I try to stay just as still as super still as possible. Another thing you'll see Galloway do, and I don't know if people like pick up on it, but he, he kind of falls on the ball when it goes low. And I don't mean fall as any flops. Like he just throws his hands shoot down and then his whole body follows and he really like yeah. his face gets so low to the ball. And that's yeah. something that I definitely try to like copy. You know, I'm not afraid to drop. Um, you know, you hear a lot of coaches say that you shouldn't go to your knees. I'm not, Galloway's not afraid to go to the knees and neither am I in terms of, you know, I think it just helps get your head behind the ball and then you can track it a lot better, especially mm-hmm. on those shots. So that's something I definitely tried to, to copy from his game. Yeah. So is that something then like in practice when you're doing drills and when you're doing warmups and like shots are coming in low, like you're, you're getting down there and doing that technique? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously I'm not trying to flop every time, especially in warmups. I'll try to stay on my feet, but I try to get, you know, super, super, super low. Um, yeah. Just cause I've noticed whenever all the times where I keep my like back up and my hips up, like I just feel like I'm picking at the ball and I'm not really like getting behind it and catching it as much. So Mm -hmm. I definitely try to get really, really low um, to the ball. And then even, you know, off the high, I try to kind of throw my head behind the ball um, just so I can, you know, it's a lot easier to track it when it's coming right at you rather than when you're looking at it from like a weird angle. That's sort of just my thinking on it. Yeah. I'm a head behind the ball kind of guy too, but I'm also stay on the feet kind of guy. Uh, but I know a lot of like legit goalies and legit goalie coaches and pros like go, like go down to their knees and kind of, like you said, get their body behind it. And if you practice that, I'm cool with it. But if it's one of those things where it's like, that's not, that's not how I ever practice. And then all of a sudden in the game, like I'm trying to do this new technique, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't really like it. Yeah. I think a big thing too, is like, you never want to fall forward onto your knees. Like, I think if you fall laterally onto your knees, you're cause mm-hmm. The big thing with fall, if you fall forward, you're just taking away time from like saving the ball. But if mm-hmm. I, but I always like, so if I do that and I catch myself doing it, I get like pretty mad at myself. But when I'm falling laterally and my knees are touching the ground, like I'm not losing any time. So in my opinion, it's like, to me, at least, I feel like I'm not really like losing out on, on anything or giving myself like a lack of advantage. So it's something I don't really mind doing. Yeah. Cool. What were some other bad habits that you had early on in your career or maybe even, even now? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, um, I think that I always had growing up like a, a hitch to off stick high for whatever reason, it was like this down, even stick side high as well, a lot of times, but it was mm-hmm. the same thing you see with so many like goalies and it's like the hardest thing to get rid of. Um, it's just that little like hitch down guess. Um, and that was something that took forever to get rid of. Um, and, you know, obviously like every goalie, you know, you'll see pro goalies still hitch a little bit sometimes because yeah. sometimes everything in your body is telling you that shot's going low. 
Um, but it's something that take a lot of time to sort of eliminate from happening constantly. Yeah. How'd you do that? Is that just through reps? Yeah. I literally just had, um, I think it was freshman year, Nate Solomon. I don't know if you know who he is, but he was an attackman on the Bayhawks now. And he, I just had him go out one summer and just go low to high, low to high, low to high, um, over and over scored a lot of goals. Um, but it was just basically the entire time I was shooting around with him, just trying to keep still, 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 and then explode to the ball, um, with one movement. And I was able to just train it away, um, through tons of reps. I really don't think there's yep. any other way, at least Agreed. for me to get rid of that. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. There's drills that I think you can do, but like at the end of the day, like you just got to train it out of your system because it, like you said, it's a natural it's a, like a, like a, like a reflex that's just built into your body and you got to like train that out of your system. Yeah. I literally, I think it's just reps and it's like shooting reps. It's the only way to, to get rid of it. And even in practice, trying to think about it doesn't work as well. Cause like practice, practice, you're not getting as many shots and it's so hard with the, all the different ways that people could shoot. Like you can't think about, I'm not going to hitch because you're probably going to get a lot of low shots too. So it was something right. that I just needed to do with Nate and, Thanks to him for helping me out and shooting on me for a couple hours a day there for a few weeks. Love it. Love it. Uh, was there any other like key moments in your, in your goalie career where you just kind of like, you know, got exponentially better? Or was it just kind of a gradual progression, like a camp or maybe one season that you went through or one, I don't know, even one game, anything like that come to mind? Yeah, I think it was um, after my sophomore year of high school, was, I started on varsity, but I kind of underperformed. Um, and then I went to Bill Pilots, the goalie school. Um, mm. And he, you know, I learned a lot um, about A, how good other goalies were. Um, and I was emulated a lot off of them. And, and B, he really taught me a lot about low shots and what to do with my bottom hand, which is something I just never learned in Canada. Um, just to like punch that bottom hand out on low shots to keep the ball from like kicking off my stick and going in. And after that, I just, um, that was sort of a huge turning point. My junior year, I played really well. Um, and then that, that next summer I, I ended up getting recruited. So that, that was sort of my big kind of exponential jump. Um, I'd say it was from sophomore to junior year. Awesome. Uh, what was that recruiting process like for you? There's a lot of kids out there listening who probably have dreams of playing at Syracuse or, or some, you know, similar school. Like what, what was that process like for you and, and what advice would you give, uh, to them? Yeah, it was, um, not gonna lie. It was, it was pretty brutal for a few years. I was playing on a, on a club team in Canada. It was called edge lacrosse, um, great club program. And that was the time where there was no uh, September 1st, big junior year signing day. It was mm-hmm. early recruiting, you know, they were my grade. There were kids getting committing to schools, um, like fall of ninth grade. Um, so by the time I was a sophomore, the, my goalie partner on my team was committed um, and I think almost everyone on my team was committed save for me and one or two other guys. Um, so wow. the pressure was definitely on. I was getting more and more frustrated, reaching out to coaches, going to prospect days, virtually like I pretty much had no interest. Um, you know, I kind of started getting more and more frustrated. Um, I sort of was at a crossroads. I was like, do I even continue to bother with this? I was coming up on my last summer with edge. Um, and sort of, I guess that was going into my senior year um I didn't really know what to do I IMG reached out to me talked to me about going there um potentially doing one or two years so senior year and then a post-grad year um Mm -hmm. they sort of gave me an offer the way they were talking to me was you know they didn't have a goalie they thought I was really good I could start for them so I said yes to that still having no college commitment 
um, going into my summer before my senior year. So at this point, everyone on my team was committed. Um, every school seemed to have a goalie. So I was like, Oh God, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Um, so I just, but I, you know, I just played, I played pretty well. I tried not to think about it too much. And then sort of out of nowhere, I got, um, an offer from Loyola. I had sent, you know, my highlight tape to, I think every school in division one, probably five times over that year. And Toomey finally took a look at it and gave me a call, said he was interested, watched me, um, ended up giving me an offer. And then from there, um, I got, I got a couple more, uh, Binghamton, Providence, uh, Galloway was sort of a huge moment for me, yeah. um, him giving me an offer there. Um, and then, you know, Syracuse sort of out of nowhere, um, asked me, said they were really interested in my highlight tape, asked me to go to a prospect day. I told my dad, like, this is probably a waste of time. <laughs> like, there's no way Syracuse is going to pick me up. So why am I even going? I've got my offers. Why waste the time? Why waste the money? Um, and then it was on the way back from a tournament and he said, no, just go, come on. Like, we're just going to do it. You might as well, you know, this is your dream school. Do you like, why, you know, why say no? So I was just like, all right, fine. So I went to the prospect day. And uh, they ended up having me back for another visit, gave me an offer um, that was a really good offer, way better than I expected. Um, mm -hmm. And I ended up, obviously, I had to call my brother because I was like, is it even, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to play here. This seems like a huge stretch. Two months ago, I was looking at staying in Canada and just quitting, <laughs> quitting like the college across stream. So like, why am I even, why would I say yes to Syracuse? And he was like, well, if you're going to go to college, you're going to be competing with goalies anyways. You might as well go where you know, you can compete and it's your dream. Like you might as well go all in. Um, so I ended up calling Desco that day, committed to Syracuse. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was my recruiting process. So it was pretty brutal at first, but it ended up all being kind of worth it in the end. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing, for sharing that. What, so for kids out there that kind of are in that same boat and it's, it's very different now with the, you know, the, you don't have that early recruiting and all that pressure. So it's, it's not comparing apples to apples, but would you just recommend that they can, you know, stay persistent, and, you know, keep creating those highlight tapes and contacting those coaches, even if they're not getting like any buzz or any, any responses. Yeah. I would say, even if it seems insane, um, just keep doing it because literally there's no negative. There are zero negatives that will come from you emailing every school you're interested in Yeah, like five times a year. There's nothing bad can happen from it. And as soon as I sort of realized that I just, I was firing off emails to every coach and the staff, here's my highlight tape. Here are my grades. I really want to come here. This is why. And I was even, you know, before my junior, year, I was, I started just phoning the numbers that I saw on the like school websites. They have like phone numbers listed. So yeah. I was like, all right, I might as well call him. And I would call him. Hey, you know, don't want to waste your time, but I emailed you my highlight tape, check it out. And it worked like that. Desco literally said, okay, I'll look at your highlight tape and you liked it. Um, and I think the same thing happened with Toomey. So, you know, persistence is not a bad thing. I always joke around. Like we're not, we're not, uh, college football. Like you're not calling, you're not trying to call up Saban. These guys aren't like that busy. Um, right. you can, you know, reach out to them. They read their emails and they'll pick up their phone. So nothing bad can come out of it. Worst thing that can happen is they say no, and you're back to the same place you just were. So. Yeah. Cool. And what'd you put in your highlight tape? Um, try to do as many saves as possible, as well as anytime I made a save and had a quick clear, I had like, I wanted to include that. Um, and I tried to use music, uh, with no swear words that I thought, uh, 50 year old men wouldn't mind. So I, yeah, keep that, it was, professional. Uh, that was my highlight tape. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Um, you mentioned Galloway. I'm curious if there's, you know, who are the other goalies in your, um, that you sort of looked up to and learned from, um, along the way? 
Yeah, I mean, Galloway was sort of the guy. He was the first time I ever saw field across on TV. He was playing goalie for Syracuse. So he was always sort of the number one guy there. And I got a poster of him up behind me, still in my room to this day. Nice, yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then Dylan Ward um, was a guy who showed up to my club team's practice. Um, I asked him a ton of questions. I think he probably thought I was a little crazy, but, uh, you know, I kind of didn't leave him alone. I added him on Facebook, started talking to him a lot there. And he was a guy who we just sort of developed a relationship from there. Um, I would drive out to Orangeville for some sessions in the summer where we would just do one-on-one stuff. And, you know, he's helped me through, he helped me through the recruiting process. He's helped me through sort of everything from there on. And then uh, obviously my brother, he ended up, he played goalie in Canada, um, but he was always a huge guy who who helped me with everything he's uh he's much more rational than me so he always helps me make good decisions and stuff like that so those three are the sort of most influential goalies i've had um in my career who who helped me through the the whole process yeah awesome i'm curious you know dylan ward coming from a box goalie background like you can see elements of that in his field game where he's like so big that he like comes out and really you know challenges shooters and cuts down that angle um, did he teach you that or was there some other things that he taught you that really stuck with you? I think the biggest thing Dylan taught me was almost like the mental side of the game. And mm-hmm. I think that if you talk about like mental strength, you look at how many games that guy has to play a year. Like he is so mentally like wise. I almost want to like say it's like Zen, um, mm-hmm. compared to like everyone else. Like, you know, he is so, he knows exactly how to think. He's very calm. He doesn't freak out. Um, and that was the biggest stuff he taught me, you know, how to stay still, stay patient um, when you're super nervous and like, what's your first start? Um, you know, when you're playing bad, how to not get down on yourself. And, you know, Dylan, he, he has all, obviously, you know, in terms of form, he sort of let me do me and he had small yeah. notes, um, especially stuff about getting rid of hitches and uh, the windshield wipers. He likes to call it when you trick go off stick and then you go back to your stick side, um, which a lot of guys get caught up in. He helped me get rid of that, but, it was mainly just the mental stuff. I mean, he's got to play the the summer box with like 30 games. He's got to play the NLL, MLL, now PLL, all these games. So he really helped me kind of work through, you know, the, the mental side of the game, which can be super taxing for, for people and not really something that a lot of people know about. For sure. For sure. How did he do that? Is that, is it like um, reset techniques, breathing? Is it more like, Hey, here's how you need to think about this position. Like what are, what are some things you guys discussed? He really, yeah, I would say the last one. I mean, he basically just said everything that you think this position is, you need to like think about it differently because, Mm -hmm. you know, I would make comments about, you know, I had a good game here. You know, I had a really good shoot around. I was playing well and this guy's good. And he was like, you need to stop thinking and grading yourself based off all these factors because so many of these factors are out of your control. You know, you can play a really Mm -hmm. good game um, and make three saves and allow seven goals go 30%. But you made three really good saves and let in seven goals that no goalie in the world's making. You just got to do what you can with what you have. So at the end of the day, like you can't be too positive or too negative about any of it. And he kind of taught me that lesson and, and how to not get down on myself, especially when there's a lot that, that you can't control, especially as a field goalie, um, it, which he like laughed about. It was so much harder. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so he, uh, he definitely taught me that, that mental side of the game to just sort of rethink it. You're not a midfielder. Um, you're not like trying to score goals. You're not, trying to be super elite you just need to you know treat it as sort of its own thing so that was like a huge lesson um especially going into Syracuse that was the summer before Syracuse he helped with a lot of that stuff so nice love it awesome cool so now you're now entering your fifth year at Syracuse red shirt senior um so you get there you get there five years ago I guess 
what, what was that like? I'm curious, like how your experience of, you know, starting to play at Syracuse and, and some of the things that you learned there. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, when I came in, I was pretty much probably last on the depth chart. Realistically, um, we had Evan Malloy and Dom Adana, who, you know, have both been on here, were ahead of me. And, you know, they, they were definitely better than me uh, that, that first fall. And it was just the biggest thing I learned was probably the difference between, you know, high school and college, I would say, isn't shot speed. It's more accuracy. Um, mm. And the biggest thing I learned was because they're so accurate and they can hit corners, I, you need to be in perfect position almost all the time. So the natural ability I had with my hands and ball stopping, I didn't really have a problem with when I got to Syracuse. You know, I definitely got burned a few times. But the biggest thing for me was I was just out of position a lot. And when you're mm. out of position and they hit a corner, there's times you just can't even reach the ball. So that was something I had to sort of learn and figure out right away um, was how to position myself better in net. Um, that was like a big learning curve for me because it was something I never really focused on. And then all of a sudden it was so important to the game. And that was Evan Malloy taught me that super well. I think he's, you know, one of the best, he knows how to put himself in the right spot to make a save better than anyone else, um, and cut angles. So yeah, that yeah. was a big learning curve. Cool. Are there specific drills that you would do to work on your positioning or is it just a matter of like, just always being cognizant of like making sure you're in the right spot on the arc, um, depending upon where the ball is. Yeah, every day um, in my warm-ups I do, as a part of my warm-up, I'll have people go down the alley, shoot, um, sweeps, um, coming up from X. And when guys are shooting on me, I normally have two guys as a part of my warm-up, two players. And I mm-hmm. ask them to tell me, you know, if they shoot, even if I make the save, tell me if I was out of position or if I was giving them a lot. Because um, yeah. there's times I won't even realize it. And that's sort of just doing that every day has really helped me over, you know, the four or five years now. Um, figure out where I'm supposed to be in the goal. It's, Cause it's most of the time, there's no issue if someone's standing still. It's when people are moving around, goalies get a little lost. So that, that's been uh, what's helped me. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like, if they pass from one spot to another, like you can get set on the arc and be in good position. But when they sweep is when a lot of goalies get lost on the arc, meaning like, I think I'm in the right spot, but unknowingly I'm like giving up so much of the goal. Um, so that's, that's the trickiest part. Yeah, exactly. And you'll see a lot of goalies like suit. They want to get to the pipe so bad because it's like a little comfort zone when your foot's on the pipe, you know where you are, but then they're giving up, you know, like 80% of the goal for the shooter who's near the middle of the field. So that's something I definitely did a lot and had to sort of work through getting rid of. Nice. Awesome. Um, what does your goalie training regiment look like these days? So we're, you know, filming this in October, I guess you're getting, getting in fall ball. Yeah, we actually just started fall ball this week. Cool. Uh, we got five weeks coming up, but no shots this week. Um, so to, for me, honestly, I've, I've never been huge on the hand-eye stuff, especially sort of this off-season. Um, I'd re- much rather have one guy just come out and shoot on me. I think just shooting is the most valuable thing you can do um, and a bunch of different types of shots and different shooters. But uh, there were times where that, when it was super, super quarantine, you know, before the New York State sort of started putting different stuff in, um, where it was just me. And I think the most valuable thing for me was just having a stick in my hand, um, playing wall ball, and then just throwing the ball at the wall. I would stand like five feet away and just throw it um, to different spots and work on my form and reaction time. And, you know, I would get so close and throw it hard enough that I was scoring on myself a few times. So it was, <laughs> it was that. And just thinking about my form as I was going through it um, is my favorite stuff. I'm not really big on the, on the juggling and, and the throwing the balls at the wall and stuff like that. For whatever reason, I just don't, 
I don't see a correlation when I do that um, to my mm-hmm. hand eye in the game. There might be one, but I just prefer like having a stick in my hand and working on it that way. Yeah. Cool. What about like weight room stuff? Um, I'm not a huge weight room guy. Um, I like, I mean, I, I do all the stuff with our team. Um, I worked out a lot this off season for me. It's just, I think you need to be generally fit. I don't know mm-hmm. that there's any particular thing in the weight room. You know, do, do I need to be pushing weight and sort of risking getting hurt? Like trying to throw up 315 on the bench? Probably not. Um, that's, you know, Dylan Ward once told me that, but, uh, you know, I think it's also a good, you'd also don't want to be super skinny. Um, where you're not strong enough to get your hands behind the ball. So definitely work out, but it shouldn't be, for me at least, it's not my number one priority. Um, I'm just trying to sort of stay generally fit so I don't feel sluggish and goal, keep my cardio up and, and stuff like that. Um, but I'm definitely not going insane in the weight room trying to put up huge weight. Uh, I do what my strength coach tells me, and then you know I, I like to run outside of uh, lacrosse, but but nothing crazy in the weight room for me. Cool, cool. What about like uncondition- uh, un, like conventional things? or anything like... I mean, you mentioned playing other sports or kind of some things that, you know, you might not think translate into lacrosse goalie skills, but really help you be like a good lacrosse goalie. Um, I think a big thing is I watch a ton of lacrosse and I don't know if that's like unconventional, but like I didn't miss a PLL game this summer, didn't miss an MLL game. And I was rewatching all the college lacrosse games I missed. And I do watch a ton of college lacrosse. Um, during the season if I can you know we play on Saturday if there's Sunday games I'll watch Friday I'll watch and I try to watch the defenses to learn you know obviously more about those and then a big thing is I'll watch goalies and see how they kind of position themselves and and work in different ways and the different styles that guys play Um, Mm -hmm. but that's like and then this summer you know I I got the I had the gold pass so I could rewatch all the PLO games from last summer that I missed so I just watch like I just love lacrosse like I, I could watch it all day I might be the biggest consumer of professional cross out there or at least up there because i just you know i had the products great you could see so much of the goalies and you know i just keep watching it so that's probably my, my most unconventional thing i guess love it yeah i love it yeah i mean and you should take advantage of that i mean i played i graduated college in 03 uh before youtube you know so there was like we, we get like a couple vh championship vhs championship games uh but now there's just so much awesome content out there including full games and like you said, and get that PLL pass and watch all that. What about um, like scouting tape and like kind of watching teams that you're going to play? I, I imagine you do quite a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly, um, you know, I, I take a pretty big leadership role in our defense. So most of what I do is trying to figure out, you know, obviously what they're doing offensively, what we need to do against that. But I do like to look at shooters. If I can't pick up any sort of serious tendencies, I just won't think about it and I'll kind of go in with a blank slate or just try to forget about what I saw. But you know, I definitely look for guys who will do the same shot in a certain situation every single time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to give anyone away, but there's a guy at UVA who, if he's coming up from X every single time, it's going high, no matter what, like this guy cannot shoot low when he turns around and shoots side on from X. So it's like, okay, well now I have only half the net to worry about. This is, that's one of those things I will try to notice and, and stuff like that. I do try and pick up on, but if I don't find anything like that, I try not to scout him after that. Mm, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause you just want to go back into that pure natural reaction mode and not mm-hmm. be like thinking about something that's not there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think yeah. that's, that's probably when goalies are at their best is when they can just, you know, operate on purely like, okay, I see the ball. I'm going to stop the ball. So unless someone's got like the most easy to pick up like tendency ever, it's, uh, it's definitely, I think the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, you mentioned watching like all the PL games. What was there something specific from those goalies or like one particular goalie in general that, that you picked up on and kind of incorporated into your game? Yeah, I think um, a guy like Blaze Reardon this summer, I sort of noticed like he is not fundamental like at all, but he's so talented yeah. in picking up like shooter tendencies and, and he knows these guys so well. Um, and he's just so natural and, and fluid that he's able to make so many saves without necessarily doing the right thing. Um, so watching him this summer, I, I, it kind of convinced me more to, you know, I'm pretty strict on myself with stay still till you see the shot, but he's so fluid and he can kind of pick up where guys are going with certain types of shots. And, you know, that's something I might want to sort of incorporate more is that just like let your body kind of not guess, but make a super, super educated guess and, and feel the flow and, and sort of make saves like that because he was, you know, playing out of his mind, obviously, um, yeah. and just kind of throwing throwing himself around and, and making clean saves, um, just catching the ball and playing naturally. So there's definitely a little bit of that. Uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, incorporating into my game. I don't know yeah. if I'm quite as fluidly talented as Blaze, but uh, but yeah, it was definitely something interesting to pick up on. Yeah, I watched quite a bit myself, and Blaze was awesome. Blaze was awesome, and especially like he had like maybe a bad game, like his very first game, and it kind of went a little bit viral about how he's getting heckled, you know. And he just bounced back like the very next game and had like twenty eight saves or like twenty six saves or something stupid like that. And it just goes to show you that like that's the mentality you've got to have. Like if you have a bad game or a bad quarter in goal, like you can you can recover so quickly if if you've got it up here. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Blaze. Yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, I was. People were like saying after the game he was rattled and stuff when Godet was going at him. I was like, there's no way this guy like actually cares. Like he's played right. forever. He's <laughs> right. probably just laughing. Like this kid's an idiot, but he's keeping to himself. So, no, yeah. That oh was yeah. Funny. And every goalie knows that. Like every single attackman's going to try and get in your head like that. Like I'm sure you've heard a ton of that type of chatter. Like I, I've heard it. You know, like that's just part of the game. But you can't let that affect you. No, yeah, hundred percent. Like if mm-hmm. you're if you show like anything, even if you talk back, it's like you've already kind of letting them win. So most of the time I just try not to acknowledge it or I'll laugh or something like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, you can't take it too seriously. I thought Blaze yeah. did a good job. For sure. He also had this really good like technique that um, where he's big enough to where like someone's coming around from X, he could kind of like get down like almost on a knee, but then also like have the stick up top to cover the top of the goal. Um, and I love that. I wish I, I wish I could could have done that in my game, just not big enough. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. Um, you also mentioned about like taking a leadership role um, of the defense. And I think that's really important for young goalies. I mean, like lacrosse goalie is a position of leadership, just being there's one on the field, you see everything, like everyone kind of looks to you. But what is like leadership? What does it mean to you? And how do you go about being a leader of that defense? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, being prepared, um, you know, having knowledge before the game, you know, if you're prepared and you know what the other offense is doing, you've done your research, you know, your defense really well, you know what you should be doing. And you're not just like tuning out when the coach is talking about the defense or not paying attention or not caring, you know, just worrying about your goal, how you're saving the ball. Um, you're going to go in and you're going to, it's going to be natural. You know, you're going to want, you're going to know how the defense is supposed to work. And if it's not working that way, you'll be able to correct it, tell guys what's going on, who's hot, um, and it becomes supernatural um, to you, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is, is defensemen. It's so hard when you're on the field and you only see, you know, when they're looking around, they see what, like 30% of the game that's going on of like the different X's and O's, whereas in, in the goal, you can see 90 to hundred percent. So you, if you're not, 
you know, speaking up. And if you're not prepared, you're not really doing your team any favors. So that was the big thing for me is just understanding the defense, knowing that not only am I helping them, I'm also helping myself out big time, especially, especially when I was trying to get recruited. You know, if I can help my defense play better, it's going to make me look awesome because the shots are going to be that much easier. Um, So yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing is, is, you know, people talk about, Oh, he's not vocal. He's not loud enough. Blah, blah, blah. I think, you know, a lot of times it's just because they're not prepared and they're not comfortable to talk because, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. So just being prepared, I, I think, is something I, I always try to tell young goalies to, to focus on and understanding the defense and the other team's offense. Yeah, I love that. I love that comment. And just like paying attention, like you said, um, you know, because you are in many ways another coach out there. And if you've kind of paid attention to how like people like long poles are supposed to play defense, right? Like you can kind of help coach them and get them in the right position as a goalie and kind of be that, you know, that a second coach right there on the field, a field general, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Like pay attention. Like you said, like when they're talking to defensemen in camps or prospect days, like always have an ear open because it's not like it just applies to them. You're, you're going to have to coach them the same way um, when that coach isn't on the field, you know, once you start playing yeah. games. So definitely, yeah. definitely pay attention, soak everything up you can. Yeah. How did you um, go about, you know, being a great leader, you need like a certain level of respect um, and, and trust of the team, right? So like a lot of times freshmen, when you get there, like they're not the best leaders because you haven't built that up yet. And I'm curious how you went about um, doing that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I like to, uh, I like to joke around a lot. I'm probably not the most serious guy on the, or off the field. Um, but I think, you know, the level, and at first I think there was a little bit of like, okay, this guy's just a clown. Like, why would I listen to him? So I think once I'm on the field, you know, that sort not doesn't hundred percent go away. I still like to keep it light, but I definitely become very serious, especially about the lacrosse aspect of the game and the X's and O's. And I think once guys, pick up on the fact that, you know, okay, he's, he was joking around before, but clearly right now, you know, this is serious um, and I need to listen and pay attention. And I think that's something that, you know, sort of came with time um, and get once people picked up on it, as soon as, you know, I, when the defense hears me saying stuff, they sort of stop and, and listen and, and respect it. And uh, that's just sort of been a big part of, of my stepping into more of a leadership role with the defense at Syracuse. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Like you can certainly have an off field persona, um, and an on-field persona, but certainly like when you get on field, like if your off-field persona is like a little bit more lighthearted, loose, um, joking around, like you said, like, you know, you can, you can adjust it a little bit and like, Hey, when I put on this helmet, step in the crease, like it's business, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And people yeah. will pick up on that eventually too. Yeah. Cool. Um, what about, um, uh, so you, you know, ended up starting last year. Was that, was that your first year starting or, or two years ago? Uh, two years ago, 2019. Two, yeah. 2019 first year starting. It's gotta be a big moment for you with a lot of pressure, um, you know, playing for such a historic program. I'm curious if you felt that. And if you did, like, how, how do you go about dealing with that? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't lie. It was, um, it was, it was pretty interesting because I, it was my first time starting. Um, I wasn't even really locked into being the starter until like three days before the game, my two preseason games that I started. So when it didn't count, um, I actually underperformed and underperformed pretty badly. Um, I, to be honest with you to this day, I don't really know if it was my fault or if we just had a bad day as a team. Like I really felt like on a lot of shots. I was like, I don't know if I could have saved that on my best day. Um, so I was, but you know, having just come off to, mediocre performances I'm barely the starter I'm being named the starter on Mm -hmm. Thursday uh before the Saturday game it was definitely 
you know, undeniably nerve wracking. I tried not to show it and, and let people know and, you know, show any sort of weakness to the team because I wanted them to have confidence in me, but I was, you know, shaking nervous. And uh, we went into the Colgate game um, and th that was actually our loss to Colgate. I don't know if you remember, but it was uh, the whole country was up in arms saying that Syracuse was dead and that we were terrible now and stuff like that. And we, we didn't yeah. have it anymore. Um, and I was, that was my first start. <laughs> I played pretty well that game. Um, there were a couple I thought I could have had, but overall first start, I was pretty happy with how I played. And I think a big piece of it was there was just, you know, a lot of guys on the team were struggling and I happened to be having a good game. And that sort of, that confidence just kind of shot in through my veins. And then now I was the guy after that. Um, even though we lost, I, I played pretty well. I was, I, was a, I think a bright spot in the game. And, you know, that sort of helped me push forward from there. But before the game, I was, like shaking nervous there's no way I was I can deny that but uh but it yeah. ended up working out all right yeah I think every lacrosse goalie remembers their first start you know at the collegiate level or maybe even at the high school level and yeah I can totally relate to those to those nerves and and for me like it would stick with me until I had that first save and I wish that wasn't the case you know I wish I, I wish I had another way to 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 do it but for me like until I got that first save that's when I calmed down. Were you like that at all? Um, kind of, actually. We do a thing before the game where we, we'll do like a 5v4, like a bunch of 5v4s, and it's live. So shooters are shooting hard. And mm -hmm. as soon as I say, if I make a nice save there, everything goes away. So I'm like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. well, clearly I'm fine. Like, it's not like I'm going to implode. I'm still the same goalie. I can make saves, yep. so everything will be all right. So that 5v4 is really helpful in just kind of getting my mind away from it the problem is if i don't make any saves in the 5v4s when i'll let in like eight goals and i'm like oh my god this is not going to go well um so then that hopefully i can make a save early in the game to, to kind of relax me i love it i love it um well cool any you know with all this goalie experience that you have now drake was there any what what advice would you give your younger self um i mean looking back in high school i would say um I would probably just tell myself to, to not worry so much, not stress so much um, about, you know, maybe a bad performance here and there, because I think in high school, I would get so down on myself um, that it would just sort of ruin me for like a couple, couple days, maybe a couple games. Um, and just to, you know, like a lacrosse goalie is the hardest position there is. And if you have yeah. a bad game, you can't really get too mad at yourself, no matter what you think, you know, teammates or other people are saying. So don't worry about all that and just, you know, focus on yourself and, no one gets lacrosse goalie except lacrosse goalies. So don't listen to, don't listen to people who don't know what they're talking about. It's probably what yeah. I tell myself. Love it. Love it. Um, are you a big pregame ritual guy? Kind of, not really. There's definitely stuff I like to do, but I'm not like superstitious about it. If that makes sense. Yeah. What, what, what kind of things do you like to do? Like, um, like I'll wear, I like to wear like uh, like I got a big ball brand hoodie. I like to throw on on game days um maybe like I, I just try to wear something i think like looks either funny or, or kind of cool um just something stupid for my teammates to kind of laugh at and maybe calm down a bit and then um then you know, i i definitely i like caffeine you know children yep. out there don't listen but you know caffeine's good <laughs> at, at, at a healthy level so I'll, I'll make sure i get like a duncan cold brew and maybe an energy drink before the game to wake myself up um got a shower before the game got a shave before the game shave my face and then what else um trying to think uh there's definitely one other thing oh yeah and i have like special i don't know if it's a game day thing but i definitely have like cleats that i like to wear just for pre-game practices and games 
So like, you know, I have my practice cleat I'll wear all week and I can yeah. like really get it dirty. But then for, you know, the pregame practice to get used to them and then game day, I have like the nice new clean, like white Nikes that I like to throw on. So nice. I'd say those, those are the game day things. Yeah, I love it. But you're not, you're not so like aggro about it where you're like, oh, if I didn't, if I don't have my hoodie, if I don't shave, then like everything's going, everything's going to go horrible. Because there no, are exactly, goalies out yeah. there like, yeah, yeah. I got to have my blue Gatorade. And if I don't have a blue Gatorade, then like, I'm off. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I remember I couldn't be – we had a game where we had to get up so early because I think it was like – for some reason it was like an 11 a.m. start. Um, anyways, but the convenience store, we had to get up and leave at like 6. And the convenience store, which was right beside my house, which I normally bought my energy drinks from the day yeah. of the game, wasn't open yet. So I was like, oh, all right. Well, it's a good thing I'm not like a psychopath because this would normally like – so like, I guess this could have like broken my day, but so I ended up being all right without it. Just had, had an extra Dunkin' iced coffee. So nice. Cool. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time, Drake. Oh, what, uh, what stick do you go with? What's your, what's your stick setup these days? Oh, I got the, uh, Eclipse two with, uh, some, what's it called? Jimalax 12 D just standard hard. Um, yeah. and then I got the surgeon side tie shaft, uh, shrinking tape. And that's what I like. Nice. What kind of, um, shooting strings? I go uh, tight channel, strung up by David Lipka now at Notre Dame, um, and then two straights uh, with just regular shooter, and then the top straights, a nylon. I've never been into the use for whatever reason. Mm. Yeah. Cool. I love it. And do you set, are you, do you set up with like your – here, let me grab my stick. <laughs> do you set up with the top hand, like touching the, touching the plastic, or are you like, a, like gripping the plastic? I'm, I'm on the plastic. Yeah. Not too far plastic, up. Yeah. Like it's just right at that throat for the eclipse too is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right where you got it. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Drake. Well, good luck this year. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Last season got canceled and there's such a bummer for all the uh, lacrosse community and players out there, but I'm sure you're pretty excited to get back into things, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Super pumped. Felt like we uh, we left like a lot on the table last year. We had a pretty good team, so we're really excited to to get back after it, especially now in fall ball, and then especially in the spring too. So we're pumped. Awesome. Um, if people want to learn a little bit more about you, should they uh, hit up your Instagram or where, where should they go? Uh, yeah, sure. If you if you want to see some uh, some posts, uh, Drake Porter thirty three on uh, Instagram, and then if you want to see some stupid jokes, you can follow me on Twitter too. Same same handle, Drake Porter thirty three. So all right. Go. All right. I'll start following you. Uh, Drake, if you had to leave, if you had to leave one, um, leave the kids out there with one piece of, of last advice, what, what would that be? Um, listen to coaches, but don't listen to them too much. Uh, always know that uh, you got to listen to goalies first. So if you have a goalie coach, listen to them. Uh, but don't always take what your head coach says to heart because he probably doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. Nice. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Syracuse starting goalie. That's Drake Porter coming out of Canada. Awesome stuff. Awesome guy. Always great to hear his perspective. I always love hearing how people take on that pressure of being the starting goalie in the Carrier Dome. Always interesting to hear how they handle that. As a reminder, Lacrosse Goalie Virtual Summit number two November 11th, 12th, and 13th. GoalieSummit.com. www.GoalieSummit.com. Get signed up. Reserve your spot. It's free to attend. Tons of live instructional webinars. 
I personally cannot wait, <laughs> and I'm hosting it. I will be there. I hope to see you there as well. That'll do it for this week. Hope you enjoyed that show. As always, get out there, get some work in, be well, do well. I'm Coach Damon. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. <laughs>